Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. Hello everyone, Rachel here, literally in the car on my way home from Chicago TARDIS. My husband's driving, so you probably won't hear a whole lot from him because I'm going to let him do the, the uh, navigation part and I'll do the talking. Just wanted to uh, send in a hopefully succinct recap for our trip to Chicago TARDIS as a cop drives by. <laughs> Thankfully not after us. Um, we were fortunate enough to go to all three days of Chicago TARDIS, um, which I'm very glad that we did because there was a lot uh, a lot of people and a lot of stuff and I don't even think we still got to everything that I, I wanted to get to but came pretty darn close. Um, so I guess the easiest way is probably go through day by day. Uh, so we'll start with uh, the first day Friday. Um, we got there at the, the hotel, the Westin, there in Lombard, Illinois. Um, fairly early in the morning. Uh, got our badges, um, which were very fun because all the different types of badges each had a, a, a picture of each of the doctors on it. So you could eventually, you could tell, you know, what kind of badge somebody had just by the, the face on theirs. Um, like all the people that were working the, the con had Hartnell. Um, we had the three-day just general admission so we had Paul McGann on ours um, the reserved the people that had the reserved badge for the weekend had Colin Baker on theirs um, I think the Friday only they had Ten David Tennant on theirs um, and several others uh, today Sunday the Sunday only people had uh, Peter Capaldi on theirs so Capaldi hasn't even taken the reins of the TARDIS yet, and he's already getting a representation on uh, on stuff at conventions. Um, so we got our badges, and just kind of walked around, got ourselves familiarized with the layout of everything, um, and got our first virtual queue ticket uh, for our first meet and greet. Uh, the virtual queue, I believe this is the first year that they are doing this. Uh, I Somebody correct me if I'm wrong but I believe this is a new thing that they're trying um, if you're familiar with the fast pass system at the Disney parks very similar um, you go up to the table um, in this case 90 minutes before the event that you're wanting to go to either a photo session or an autograph session and they give you a ticket and the tickets are numbered or lettered um, a through, I think the highest I ever saw was K, and then in each letter they were numbered, 
And what you could do is come back to a room um, at the time of the meet and greet and they would just start calling. Um, the people that had all access didn't have to get any sort of tickets, they just, they just got in line first. Um, and then reserved automatically got all the bees. Um, which sometimes was a lot of bees and then sometimes it wasn't. It just kind of depended on you know whether they wanted to attend that particular meet and greet or not. And then um, everybody else got see-through however many they handed out. Um, I think most of the time we ended up with a, somewhere in the C's. Um, I think we ended up with a D for one um, and then today we didn't uh, for one of them we actually didn't get one at all but I'll get to that. Um, but uh, the first the first session we went to was a photo with all of the classic companions. Um, we had five classic companions on hand. Um, it was Fraser Hines, uh, Sarah Sutton, uh, Nicola Bryant, uh, Louise Jameson, and Daphne Ashbrook. Um, so we got our virtual queue tickets, came back, waited till they called our letters and numbers, and then we got in line. Um, and then we just had to wait a few minutes, pay the fee for the the, the thing, and then got our got our picture tech taken. Uh, the setup, they had a professional photographer on hand uh, with flash and nice reflectors and the uh, nice background too. So kind of reminded me of having like a school picture taken, but with a group of people instead of just yourself. Yeah, no, no, no 80s laser lines. Uh, all of that would have been fun. <laughs> Maybe next year. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was in, pose, take your picture, off you go. Um, it was kind of fun, though, because they had um, all the companions sitting in chairs, and then they had people stand behind them, and I had my, my bear, uh, my bear that I have, that's dressed up as the 10th doctor with me um, and we got up there and I can't remember exactly who it was that noticed him and said something but I was like you know does somebody want to hold him and Fraser Hines jumped at the chance he was like I will take him and sat him on his lap and was making him dance around and I'd put his little spectacles on him and the spectacles fell off and uh, you know Fraser you know, picked him back up. I was trying to put him on him and he was having trouble. So Nicola was like adjust, trying to adjust the, the glasses and then he was making him dance around again. And like, Nicola, you know, looked at me and said, I, I think he's maybe been drinking and I don't, I'm not quite sure if she was referring to Fraser or the bear. Uh, <laughs> it may have been drinking <laughs> at the time, but it was, uh, it was quite funny, you know, right off the bat, you've got Jamie McCrimmon making my dare, my bear dance a little, little jig uh, for the photo. An Irish jig. An Irish jig, except he's Scottish. So Highland fling. That's what he's doing. The Highland fling. Uh, <laughs> so after seeing all the uh, all the companions and having our, our picture taken, um, we just kind of wandered around the um, the. No, the, um, like the collector's area, um, or the, the sales, you know, the people selling stuff, um, 
actually opened later than they expected. I don't know if they were having trouble with getting, you know, people's like the credit card machines hooked up or what. Um, but it, it, it opened a little late. Um, but we did, you know, browse through once it, once it did. Um, and then we saw, uh, our first, uh, panel in the main, the main ballroom, which was, uh, Paul McGann and eventually Daphne ended up, uh, joining him. We, we actually walked in just as Louise Jameson was ending. Um, so we got to see the tail end of hers. Um, but then Paul McGann came out and, you know, people just absolutely loved seeing him. Of course, Night of the Doctor came up really quickly. Um, you know, Paul said that he absolutely loved it, that he was able to work for a day. You know, they filmed it in a day. He said that it was like the best work day. <laughs> <laughs> in and out in a day six and a half minutes worth of work he was all for that he he said that if Moffat called him you know again and it would you know he would jump at the chance even and he'd jump at it even more if it was a short <laughs> a short filming stint like that uh, but uh, you know he's he said that when they went to uh, film the night of the doctor because it was so hush hush that uh, you know they brought him in to to Cardiff in a vehicle with dark tinted windows and windows and had him with sunglasses and a hat on his head and just making sure that nobody could recognize him um, but he did say that they put him in a hotel for the night and they put him under assumed name but then he heard from somebody on Twitter later that somebody tweeted him saying my friend saw you at a hotel in Cardiff at this time what were you doing there and he was all like I've been spotted um, <laughs> of course he couldn't he couldn't say why you know he'd been there in Cardiff in the first place uh, that was kind of funny uh, and then Daphne came out and joined him and those two together are just absolutely hilarious together and the chemistry that those two have just from you know even after all this time after filming the movie that you know, I mean they they get along like a couple of best buddies um, and it's just it's so sweet to see them um, apparently Paul is a trained ballroom dancer I don't know if anybody knew that um, and the, the guy doing the Q&A um, Tease the idea of bringing somebody up from the audience uh, to see if they could uh, do a few ballroom steps with Paul, but decided against it because Paul said he was quite rusty. Uh, but uh, that was that was funny too. And then um, I had uh, my first panel that I was actually on for the weekend, um, which was uh, Fandom Culture Clash. Um, which really just covered, you know, new who versus classic who people that love one, don't want anything to do with the other, um, ones that have, you know, if you're somebody watched, has watched new who, tried to watch classic who and, you know, just don't like it, um, that sort of thing. The, the interesting thing was most of the people in the audience, 
seem to have, a, if they were new Who fans, they had at least attempted to watch Classic Who. And then there were people that, you know, grew up with Classic Who and, you know, have watched New Who and appreciated what it for it is, for what it is, uh, but uh, kind of prefer the old school, the, you know, multi-episode stories um, with all the flash and bang that you get with New Who. Um, but for the most part, everybody seemed pretty to be able to at least appreciate um, the opposite of whatever it was that they were a fan of. Um, so that was that was good. And then um, the last thing we did was another photo session. This time it was with the three doctors. So we had Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Paul McGam. And that was it was a almost a religious experience. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I was okay until we walked into the room and I saw Colin Baker standing there or sitting there in this case. Um, I literally felt my heart speed up in my chest and my husband thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like fanning myself like a Southern Belle and trying to keep myself composed and he was just smiling at me like you're nuts. I'm glad I'm here to witness this because nobody would believe me. Um, <laughs> and I, I thought I'd be okay, but uh, once it was our turn and they got us up there and they had, a, they had another chair set up uh, with uh, Paul McGann in one chair, an empty chair in the middle, Colin Baker, and then Peter Davidson standing behind. And they sat me down in the chair and to have Paul on one side, Colin on the other, and Peter behind me, was it was too much for my, my poor little Hoovian heart to take. And I, I cried. I, honest to goodness, tears coming out of my face. And Colin, bless his heart, the man is so sweet <laughs> you know I, I looked at Paul I looked at Peter I said no offense to you guys but you know this guy right here this is my doctor and Colin he was <laughs> he he reached over put his arm around me and then slowly lowered his head onto my shoulder <laughs> like there there it will be okay and I think that actually made it worse <laughs> Before it was like, oh my goodness, it's Colin Baker, it's my doctor. And then it became, oh my God, it's my doctor with his head on my shoulder. <laughs> but he was so nice about it. And uh, the, the photographer, you know, took the picture and the guy manning the line, um, you know, was making sure that the, the next group of people, you know, were ready. And the photographer took the picture and then kind of sat there and looked at us like, okay, I've taken your picture, stand up, move along so the next people can come along. And we weren't moving. I'm pretty sure I could hear Chauncey behind chuckling <laughs> at everything. And the photographer kind of looks at the line guy. The line guy looks at us, looks at the photographer and, sa and says, well, Colin won't let her go. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin was like, no, we're just going to hang out right here. And I'm like, that's fine. We'll just hang out here and we'll 
talk about Doctor Who. We'll talk about what we're buying family for Christmas. I don't care. I'll we'll just sit right here. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, it was nice at the time. <laughs> and uh, eventually I had to get up and walk away. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was, that's, that's a moment that I hope I remember for the rest of my life. Thankfully, I have the picture. Unfortunately, then the guy took the picture, Colin no longer had his head on my shoulder, but he does have his arm wrapped around me. So, you know, that's, that's good. So that was, that was exciting. That was a good way to end the evening. <laughs> so I was on cloud nine for the rest of the night. Day two, Saturday, um, was another full day. Um, I had two panels actually on Saturday that I was on and then we also did uh, a few more uh, meet and greet sessions. Uh, our first photo session of the day um, was another one with Colin Baker. Uh, in this case it was most of the cast of the main cast of the two doctors. So we had Colin Baker, uh, Nicola Bryant, and Fraser Hines. Um, and then Fraser Hines actually had a shirt with Patrick Troughton's face on it. So, in a way, Patrick was there in spirit, which was nice. Um, so, that was our, our first meet and greet of the day. Uh, thankfully, I was able to hold myself together better than I had the night before. Um, although, walking up, I did tell, tell Colin, you know, I'm going to try not to cry all over you this time. And Nicola and... Frazier kind of looked at me like okay and I was like I cried all over him last night <laughs> and, um, it was a similar setup they had a Frazier an empty chair Nicola Colin um, and then Chauncey stood in the back I think he stood behind yep. right yeah he stood he stood in the back because he's tall the backdrop. yeah <laughs> that's my husband the backdrop the tall person I wear flannel just to make sure it looks like a backdrop <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so they sat me down in the chair and uh, Nicola uh, put her arm around me and the, the guy was you know aiming the camera and he was going okay one two three and then he kind of paused and I hear Frazier go five <laughs> on what in you know to one side of me and at the same time I hear Colin on the other side of Nicola going don't cry don't cry don't cry so I wish I wish we'd had video of some of these meet you know some of these photo sessions because they were hilarious and embarrassing all at the same same time but I would not mind I would not have minded to have them on video regardless how embarrassing they may have been um and then we did um we went and watched some panels in the main programming area. Um, I actually ran into Dr. Phil. Um, I saw him. I wasn't quite sure it was him. And then somebody stopped to talk to him and I heard his voice. I'm like, yep, that's him. I know that voice. That is Dr. Phil. Uh, so when he got done with his conversation, I flagged him down um, and introduced myself. Uh, it was nice to finally you know, put a physical face with the, the name, uh, you know, outside of Facebook and the, you know, Friday Night Who and all that. Um, so that was, that was fun. We got to, to talk to, to Dr. Phil for, um, several moments. Excuse me. 
Um, and then it was mostly panels for the rest of the day. We went and watched some of the uh, Big Finish panel with, unfortunately I cannot think of the names of the people that were on the panel um, off the top of my head and I don't have my program uh, with all the names unfortunately. Um, when I put all this up on my my blog with pictures and all that I'll make sure to identify everybody my apologies to the big Finnish people um, for totally not remembering your names but it has been a long few days um, but we sat in on um, that and then I had um, another one of my panels which was fangirls are real fans too and let me say that my fellow panelists, God love them, are quite passionate about this particular subject. <laughs> um, me personally, I'll refer to myself as a fangirl. I've had my husband call me a fangirl, but it's always been playfully. Um, but uh, both some of the panelists and a lot of the audience have had very negative experiences and being referred to as fangirls and being thought of as um, lesser because you're a girl in what is considered a male-centric fandom like Doctor Who or comic books or Star Trek and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was quite a lively discussion both uh, with the panelists and the audience. Um, thankfully everybody in the audience seemed to be on the side of you know this is not fair girl you know women and girls should not be treated and bullied just because they're female and there were several guys in the audience that uh, you know had the same opinion which is good um, that goes to show that it's not every single male in you know the various fandoms you know, feel that way that uh, it seems more, uh, a bit more, they, more of them seem more accepting, I guess, would be the, uh, the proper wording for that. Um, but that was, that was certainly an interesting, an interesting panel to both witness and be on. Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Um, I, not sure if that would something I'd want to do again that particular topic not that there was anything wrong with it I just I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot to contribute um, there were a couple of ladies on the panel that I think are um, a bit more focused on this particular subject and have written books and blog articles and stuff and so it seemed to be a bit more well versed in this particular topic and for the most part, I don't... Unfortunately, I didn't feel like I had anything groundbreaking to contribute. But uh, it was definitely an experience. And I'm, I'm glad I did it. Uh, another one of the, uh, the, the main panels that we, that we watched was uh, the panel with uh, Colin Baker. And then eventually uh, Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant. And... Colin is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. I'm not even sure if I remember all the stories that he told that had me laughing. 
um, one that does stick out is uh, he mentioned his love of Crocs and how he has uh, amassed quite a large collection of them. Um, he was wearing them the entire weekend. Every time I saw him, he was wearing Crocs. Um, and he's got his, uh, himself a rack that he has built in his home to house all of his Crocs and he has tweeted pictures of his Crocs and received some very interesting feedback from people on Twitter about his Crocs. But uh, what was, was funny is he says that uh, after coming to this that he needs, when he gets home he needs to buy more because apparently Terry Malloy has more Crocs than he does and he does not want to be bested by Davros. Uh, so that was quite funny. Apparently Terry has a good eight to ten pairs on Colin and Colin feels like he needs to one-up Mr. Malloy. Uh, and then he and Nicola together, very similar to Paul McGann and Daphne Ashberg as far as chemistry goes. Um, it's a, uh, you know, quite sweet to see you know them talk about each other um, in such endearing endearing ways um, and then after Colin left Nicholas stayed um, and answered questions from the audience and uh, she told an interesting story um, about you know back when she was doing Doctor Who and you know as Perry had an American uh, you know talk like an American and how she had to keep that facade going because apparently people thought that she was American. And she told this story about how she would go to auditions and would be speaking like an American. And uh, she, and then the, the person would ask her if she thought she could do a English accent and Nicola would be like, well, you know, I did study in London and I, I think I can do an English accent that's probably passable. And then she proceeded to speak in the accent she would use in the auditions, which is different than her natural accent. Uh, but uh, she, she thought that was quite funny that, you know, people would ask her at auditions if she could do an English accent not knowing that she actually was English. Uh, I found that, that quite funny. I, I knew that people, you know, got confused thinking that she actually was American and I think I'd heard somewhere that she did have to, at like conventions and stuff, uh, keep up that particular facade and talk like, you know, in her, in her Perry voice. Um, but I didn't realize how far that actually stretched <laughs> that, that particular uh, mistake on on people's part as far as her as far as her country of origin. Um, and then um, we did uh, an autograph session with uh, Michael Jason, also known as the Valyard from Trial of a Time Lord, and Terry Malloy. Um, otherwise known as Davros from Classic Who. And I feel kind of bad for, for Michael. Um, 
I had gone into the, the collector's area to see if maybe they had any images of him as the Valyard to get signed and they had absolutely nothing. They had lots of pictures of the doctors and the companions and they had several pictures of, of Davros and even a, a headshot of Terry Malloy as he looks now but absolutely nothing with Michael Jason's face on it. And even in the autograph room itself, um, I know a person, I think the person right in front of us or a couple people in front of us had even asked Michael if he had anything and he was like, no, because he, and he didn't know that, you know, the people who brought pictures to sell for people to get autographs on and not brought anything. And uh, he, you know, he said if he had known that he would have brought uh, pictures for for people for him to sign, um, but I, I felt kind of bad for him. <laughs> he looked kind of he looked kind of hurt actually. Um, I'm not quite sure what happened there. I don't know if you know people on his end just assumed or what if there was a miscommunication there. Um, but uh, yeah, I would have I would have. I wouldn't have minded, you know, purchasing a, an image of him as the Valyard, because um, I I didn't have anything with his his face on it. Um, I ended up having him sign uh, an old issue of Doctor Who magazine um, with Colin Baker on the front, because I figured it's, it's the right Doctor's era. So, um, but I I just I it's hard to believe, you know, that. The Valyard didn't have any didn't have any images, um, and then Terry Malloy is he is so nice. Uh, not that Michael Jason wasn't, um, but Michael was very very quiet in uh, reserved. But Terry is uh, just the biggest you know nicest person. Uh, you could possibly meet I think I mean considering he's Davros you know it's he couldn't he couldn't be any different than Davros um, you know I, I told him that it was finally nice to finally meet him because we have communicated on Twitter a few times um, and he asked me what my Twitter handle was you know and I and I told him and um, you know he smiled and nodded he's like yeah yeah I think I remember uh, speaking to you over the Twitter um, so that was that was nice, and of course I got his autograph. And you know, at the end he's like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll see you on Twitter. Um, so that that was kind of fun. And then one of the last things we did um, on Saturday was the last panel that I was on, which was the danger of fandom entitlement. Uh, which I think of the three panels I was on, that was my favorite to do. Um, very interesting discussion about um, fandom and how far fans will go to either, you know, get information, spoilers, you know, whatever they can get their hands on um, that makes them feel like they're I guess the number one fan get those fan points 
um, so that they can go out on Twitter and YouTube and Tumblr and Facebook and all that and be like, I know this information. And for a second there, everybody will think, you know, that they're cool or something. Um, but it was, it was interesting to hear some stories, both from the other people on the panel and in the audience, of things they've witnessed as far as fans going too far. And in some cases, not necessarily fans going too far, but people on productions, either on Doctor Who or Sherlock or, you know, some motion picture and people, you know, telling their uncle's cousin's dog walk or something and say, don't tell anyone but, and, you know, it gets out anyway. Or somebody tweeting a picture during filming, um, that sort of thing. Um, and even the media, uh, you know, putting spoilers out there, especially, you know, ones like The Sun, who half the time... You know, the, the spoilers that they post are crap, but, you know, the fact that they do that in the first place just to sell papers is just ridiculous. Um, but, uh, thankfully, for the most part, it seemed like everybody in the audience knew that there was a line and knew not to cross it. Um, but it was certainly eye-opening to hear some of these stories that some people had to tell about uh, fans going too far. Um, there was one that somebody told about uh, a Chicago TARDIS, I think like three or four years ago when Elizabeth Slayton was still with us and she was the guest of honor and somebody seeing at like her Q&A or something you know coming up to her and you know just telling her how wonderful she was and how sweet she was and how much they you know they liked Sarah Jane Smith and all this and you know got her you know all happy and like oh you know that's so sweet thank you for saying th these things and apparently turned a 180 and just proceeded to rip her a new one calling her names and calling her a diva for about uh, the fact that uh, she was charging for photos and autographs um, apparently at the time that was a fairly new thing um, but this person apparently decided that they wanted to butter her up and then knock her down a few pegs and um, it hurt her feelings from the, pe the people that were there and saw it. it it hurt her feelings and they just they cannot believe that this person would you know do that to someone and apparently later in the evening at some post con party or something that same person was there and just bragging about it um, and eventually, I guess that person got banned <laughs> from the the con, um, which, you know, whether they, you think that's a proper punishment, I don't know. Me, personally, I, that's, that sounds like a good punishment to me, but it's just, you know, to hear a story like that, uh, it just makes you want to shake your head <laughs> at the way people feel like they're entitled to act because they have some opinion or feel like 
they have something to say. Um, just, yeah, ridiculous in, in my opinion. But uh, thankfully, we didn't seem to have anybody like that at Chicago TARDIS this year. And uh, all the guests seem pretty pretty content with just being there and seeing the things and meeting the celebrities and just hanging out with their friends and that sort of thing so that's very very cool and now we're on to Sunday which is when I'm recording this um, the last day of Chicago TARDIS um, we got started a little later in the day uh, as compared to the two previous days but that's really because there wasn't anything early in the morning that uh, I wanted to be at um, so when we got to the hotel um, the the kickoff for the day was 50th anniversary shenanigans in the main programming area the main ballroom and uh, uh, we we're a few minutes late so when we walked in, uh, the the night of the doctor was playing, um, and uh, Paul McGann's doctor had just been woken up by the Sisterhood of Karn um, and being told that uh, the you know the the vessel had crashed and um, that the pilot was dead and technically he was dead, um, and then. Uh, so they showed that, and then they showed um, the short, uh, the last day. Um, so I don't know if before Night of the Doctor they showed some of the other clips or shorts that had been released prior to the 50th or not. Um, I would assume so. Because um, we came in, I think about 10 minutes after everything was scheduled to start, the fact that the Night of the Doctor is only six and a half minutes long. Um, I would guess that they showed um, other stuff beforehand, but I'm not exactly sure what they showed. Um, but uh, then they showed the day of the doctor, um, which as the the special went on, the ballroom got fuller and fuller and fuller. So by the time it got to the end, and uh, you know all the doctors were converging on Gallifrey. Um, and you see all all the doctors and you know the audience is clapping and then Chris shows you know the, the thing of Chris and people are clapping in the Peter Capaldi's eyes and the crowd goes nuts and spoilers <laughs> really if you've not seen the day of the doctor by this time I'm sorry spoilers but when Tom shows up the room is just packed by then absolutely packed um, I don't know if it was because people realized what they were showing and wanted to see it or if people just wanted to see Tom <laughs> in that particular part I'm not entirely sure um, but you know we're a week a little over a week after this first premieres and people are still going crazy over some of these parts in this special is just really cool um and then they showed the five-ish doctors the peter davison uh 50th anniversary special spoof if you want to call it that 
and as a special treat Peter came out right before they started showing it and um, you know said a few words and then they showed it and Peter stayed there on the stage watching it with the rest of us the entire thing um, which was very very cool to watch you know this special that he made with him there in the room that was very awesome and then at the after it was over um, he showed a few deleted scenes which he said there weren't really a whole lot there's just three um, there was uh, a few scenes of Sylvester sending both Colin and Peter uh, copies of The Hobbit but with the pages cut out um, where the book ends, the equivalent of where the, the movie ends in the book, uh, which apparently is around page 63, depending on which co you know, printed copy you have. Um, and then there was a scene with, with Peter and the woman in the Bavarian garb um, where he runs into her um, in a different location other than the elevator and um, she's talking to him like he knows her and he doesn't remember who she is. Um, so that was, those were the fun to see. And then he took a few questions. Um, didn't really learn anything that I didn't already know. Apparently at the beginning when you see Sean Pertwee and Olivia Coleman, um, the woman putting makeup on Sean's face is Peter's wife. And then she appears again later when Georgia Moffat is giving birth. Um, the the female doctor in the room is also Peter's Peter's wife, um, which I did not know that. Um, I knew some of the, the other stuff that he mentioned, um, and then yeah, he took a few questions. Nothing really sticking out at me. Somebody did ask if they 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 did get to operate the Daleks. Um, he said that they did, uh, at least for a little bit. Um, but they also had actual trained Dalek operators doing most of the, the operations uh, for the thing. Um, he did say, somebody did ask about the jackets that they steal from the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff. Um, and uh, he said that Sylvester's, um, they actually did use because Sylvester does not have... Um, one of his jackets um, and then Peter's is actually the one he's wearing is one of his that he actually owns but it is an original costume you know jacket from the the costume itself um, and he said that you know I couldn't button it up but I could get the shoulders in so that was that was close enough and Collins actually is one that Colin has had made to fit him now as opposed to, you know, the, the original. Um, and Peter said that, you know, the fact that Colin had one that fit him correctly thought that he thought that uh, that would make uh, him look uh, a bit pudgy because his doesn't quite fit because <laughs> he can't get it buttoned. Um, uh, so that was, uh, that was funny to hear. And then the, the rest of Sunday was spent waiting, really. Um, we got out of uh, the 50th anniversary shenanigans after Peter got done talking about the Five-ish Doctors. 
and uh, went to go get um, our virtual queue ticket for the three doctors autograph session but uh, unknowns to us they had adjusted the time for the doctor session so that it began an hour earlier and because they give out the tickets 90 minutes before the scheduled start time of the session which means they had started giving out the tickets an hour earlier while we were in the main programming watching the day of the doctor and the five-ish doctors so by the time we got there all of the virtual queue tickets were gone which you know i i knew that anything involving the doctors was going to be popular and that you know probably you know the tickets would be given out but it was the fact that they had changed the time and the only notice notices that they bothered to put out were taped up over by the autograph area in the first place um, how far ahead they knew that they were adjusting the schedule like that I'm not entirely sure I from what I heard somebody at the table telling another guest it was that same morning um, but it kind of irked me that they didn't make any sort of announcement for the people over in the main programming especially with it being such a full house as they were playing the night of the or the day of the doctor um, because I mean they had in between the day of the doctor and when Peter Davidson came out to do the five-ish doctors um, you know they had somebody with a mic they could have just grabbed somebody and come out on the stage and say hey if you're just arriving and you haven't seen the signage yet the autograph session for the three doctors the date you know the time has been adjusted and now starts at this time so therefore we will be get you know passing out the virtual queue tickets at this time so if you want one you should probably get over there and get one but they didn't you didn't know until you got all the way back there and if there were people that were over in the main programming like we were you didn't know and it was till it was too late um, so I think they kind of dropped the ball there in my opinion um, that being said even though I didn't get a ticket uh, one of the people manning the table um, said you know go into the holding area wait you never know if they can get through all of the people that have tickets in time and there's time at the end then they will take people um, who didn't get any um, and since we managed to get a ticket for the companion autograph session uh, we were going to be in the room anyway uh, so we spent most of the afternoon sitting in the holding area for the uh, queue um, and just kind of hanging out and uh, thankfully the stars aligned and they ended up extending the, the three doctors session for an additional half an hour uh, which helped immensely as far as our 
you know, benefit goes. Um, and they were, you know, they were ticking through uh, at a pretty good pace. Um, and then at one point it seemed to, to hit a lag. I'm not entirely sure. I, I think it was about probably about the same time that their credit card machine went down. Would be my guess is why it started the, the, the ticking off of the, the groups seemed to slow down. Because um, they were able to take credit cards for payment for autographs and photos and stuff. Up until that point when it, apparently it gave up the ghost and everything else for the rest of the, the con. Uh, was cash only at least as far as that that particular thing was concerned so point don't rely on plastic when you go to these things i was insistent before we left for chicago that i was going to go to the bank and pull out cash because i know cash is king because it always works you don't have to worry about machines or anything um so I made, you know, I knew whose photo and autographs I wanted to get and how much they were and uh, made sure to, to pull out the right amount of cash. And so I did not have that problem. I had my money and I was good. So yeah, that's my probably biggest pointer when going to these things is bring cash and lots of it and don't rely on credit card machines and ATMs because when they started making the announcements that the credit card machine was down they also were letting people know that the one ATM in the entire hotel was empty uh, which I think Sean encountered this at Galley <laughs> too is uh, you know empty ATM machines um, and that they could walk over to a Target and some bank branch that was somewhat nearby but I mean you had to walk and it was cold um, and I'm sure people didn't want to have to leave and go and then come back um, so yeah bring cash to these things my probably my biggest tip um, but like I said you know the stars aligned and we got into the the three doctors autograph session um, and I got Colin's autograph and Paul's autograph. Uh, I already had Pierre Davison's um, that I had got when I met him earlier in the year. Um, so I didn't need it again. Um, but I got Colin and Paul's. And uh, Paul was last in the line. And at one point, as we were coming in, Paul walked out of the room with somebody um, headed towards the bathrooms. So <laughs> Paul McGann needed a bathroom break. Um, so that caused people that were waiting to get his autograph specifically um, to get backed up. Um, you know, there were several people in line ahead of us um, waiting for Paul by the time Peter and Colin were done and they had gone and left um, to go do whatever they needed to do next. Um, but uh but they were both really nice again um i don't i don't have anything bad to say about any of the guests that i that i either saw in passing or met specifically um i had somebody ask me about freema um because freema was there saturday and sunday um and they were concerned that 
because she was charging more for photos and autographs that maybe she was a bit stuck up or something. And I said, you know, the people that I know have met her said that she's really sweet. When we were in the room getting our, our the autographs with uh, Michael Jason and Terry Malloy, Freema was doing her photo session on the other end of the room and every person that walked up to get the photo with her, she smiled and either shook their hand or gave them a hug. She would do funny poses with like kids. Um, so yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Freema, super nice lady. If I'd had more time and money, I probably would have done a photo or something with her, but it just, she wasn't high on the priority list this time as far, you know, and, uh, as far as my budget <laughs> would allow me. Um, but, uh, so, but even though I didn't get to meet her, she seemed really nice. Um, everybody I saw seemed really nice. Um, I actually saw, um, Nina, uh, Nina Tussin White, um, or Mel's from Let's Kill Hitler. Um, actually, she... I was out in the main area, and there were these people who had their pet tortoise with them. Um, it was this, this tortoise, turtle, you know, about the size of a small manhole cover um, that they brought with them. And had it walking around with them at the convention, and they, they dressed it up. Um, this particular day today, it had, they had a hat, a floppy hat, and a Tom Baker scarf, and the Tom Baker sonic screwdriver on the turtle. And, uh, Nina spotted it and got, got down on the ground on her hands and knees to get face-to-face -face with this turtle and have, you know, somebody take her picture with it. Um, so that was... That was very funny to see. I got some video of it, so I'll, ma I'll make sure to put that up. Um, but yeah, nothing bad to say about anybody. Um, the staff were all really good. Um, I could tell by the end that they were starting to get a little tired. <laughs> they were either getting run down or getting a little slap happy. Uh, one of the two. Um, but, I mean, I never really heard anybody complain or be mean to anybody, um, either guest-wise or, you know, the visitors or the staff or whatever. Um, so that, that's really good. Um, so we got those. And then, uh, as soon as we got done with, uh, getting the, the doctor's autographs, turn around and they'd already gone past our, our letter and number ticket, uh, for the companion, the classic companions autograph session. Um, so we hop back right, right back in line, um, and did the classic companions with, uh, Fraser, Daphne, uh, Nicola, uh, Sarah, and Louise. And, uh, Daphne Ashbrook is the most adorable person I think I've ever met. <laughs> she, you know, that I could tell they were starting to get tired. Um, Fraser seemed a bit, uh, a bit tired. Nicola seemed a little tired. Sarah Sutton actually said that she felt like she was starting to wilt. Um, and Louise, you know, was just kind of hanging out and, you know, 
a bit on the quiet side, but Daphne, every time somebody walked up in front of her, she was like, hi, how are you? She kind of reminded me of my cousin, cousin of mine. That's just this bubbly personality and she is just so, so adorable and so sweet. Um, I could, I could see why you guys like her so much. Uh, um, and I made sure to tell, uh, her hi for you guys. Um, which, you know, if you listen to the beginning of my, my feedback here, um, I put, I put the little clip in there so you guys could hear it, but, uh, she was, she was quite happy to, uh, hear that I was representing Traveling the Vortex on your guys' behalf. Um, oh, and I forgot to, to mention that, uh, Saturday, uh, not only did I meet Dr. Phil, but I also met Dan, so I have to, to give a hello to, to Dan as well and his wife. Um, they managed to corner me after one of my panels. Um, so we finally got to, to say hi there. So now I've met two Vortexers face-to-face -face in person, um, which is very exciting. Um, and then after the companion, uh, autograph session, that was it. Uh, we hopped in the car and headed home. <laughs> So, whirlwind weekend, it went by way too fast. Um, if I had had more time, energy, and money, I probably would have kept going. Um, but as it is, I think for my first convention of this type, uh, I'm really happy with the way things turned out. Um, you know, I got to see pretty much everybody that I wanted to see and meet them. Um... Uh, even, you know, even the couple of instances where it, uh, didn't, didn't seem like it was going to, um, happen. Like the three doctors autograph session, just, you know, I got, you know, things just worked out and I'm so grateful that, uh, I was able to do this, um, especially for my husband, Mad props to him for going and putting up with it <laughs> and all the, you know, the, the fangirling and the squeeing and all the people and the walking around and carrying my bag and stuff like that. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta give him a big thumbs up for, uh, allowing me to do this. Um, I really hope that we can, uh, can attend Chicago TARDIS again. Probably won't be anytime soon, but definitely we'll we'll keep it um, on the books for uh, potential future future uh, trips, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I'll have video pictures and all that fun stuff up on my blog. Um, it's uh, Styles and Smarts dot blogspot dot com or youtube.com slash Styles and Smarts. Um, I'm sure the guys will put links in the description and all that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this and um, I will see you guys in the vortex. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.